23 again for the third week, and we're continuing our reflection and study of this wonderful passage of Scripture. You'll see it on the screen if you don't have a Bible, and this is what it reads. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of mine enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will rest in the house of the Lord forever. This is God's word. Friends, you can be seated. Pray with me one more time before we begin to hear more of this wonderful chapter of Psalms. God, this morning we ask you to help us to surrender ourselves completely to you, to agree with your word alone. Oh God, that we wouldn't turn to the right or to the left of what you've said, but that we would give you permission to be our wisdom, that we might be taught from your word. God, that we might really prove that we are your disciples and that we love you to complete the course of our lives until we reach that heavenly rest that you promise us. And we thank you that you've obtained this for us by the blood of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray this morning. Amen. I just want to say one more time, happy Mother's Day um, to all you faithful moms. And for many of you who maybe not be, um, you, you might not have biological children, but your life has lived as an example um, in the way that you care for your neighbor, friends, and even our church and children here. God bless you and thank you for you. This morning, we pick up um, what is a great example, I think, of, of a, a duty of, of an upright mother. Um, she serves almost as a shepherd, doesn't she? She cares um, for those um, under her care. And we turn now to what is the, the better shepherd, the shepherd king, Jesus Christ. And that is what uh, the topic of discussion is for us in Psalm 23 that we've developed so far. We've really, we've really only looked at the first two verses, um, and we're really going through this a verse at a time. We're going through this much more slowly than we normally would, and uh, um, I, I hope that by doing that we really uh, can absorb and um, appreciate everything that the Scripture is, is telling us. In verses 1 and 2, we saw that Yahweh... The Lord is the creator. He's the shepherd king to his people. He's not just the creator, but he cares for his people. He rules over them for their life and provides our needs. Isn't that great? He provides all our needs. His pasture, we learned last week, 
is always green and it is always ready and his water is always available to us to refresh us and give us life to quench our thirst. It does not mean that we don't go without things in life or that we don't experience loss or grief. It doesn't mean that we always feel safe or always feel happy. It does mean, however, that the word of Christ, the God, life giver, the green pasture of his word, always provides what it promises us, whether we feel like it does or not. Because God is the one who is faithful to his word to lead us where he promises. His promise is to be present with his sheep in this life to deliver us into the life to come. And now we turn to verse 3, and we hear these life-giving words. Let me remind you what they are. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Wonderful. You might be used to another translation if you've read your Bible for a long time and you've been around this for a while. Um, You might have heard this said, He restores my soul and leads me into paths of righteousness for his namesake. But I think a more accurate translation we find in the New Living Translation, which is what I just read. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. There are a lot of things in life, don't you agree? That could sap your strength. So many things are strength sappers. Today is Mother's Day. Maybe your mom is one of those strength sappers <laughs> for you. A lot of things, bosses, children. Some things you know, that maybe are kind of light strength sappers. But other times in life, oh, friends, we hit the wall. We endure great heartache and great loss, and we feel like there's nothing left holding us up. And it can leave us at times even just without the energy to stand on our own two feet. And the shepherd king, he makes this promise to his people, who are his by repentant faith in Jesus Christ, his sheepfold. He says, I will restore all your strength, and I will lead you the right way. You are headed in the right direction, and I will give you back the strength that you feel that you've lost. I'll lead you home to me. Oh, the strength, friend, that you don't have right now. That at times you fear and think that you'll never get back. The life, the joy, the emotional health that you formerly knew that sometimes we think is a thing of the past because of the losses of our lives. Friends, by faith in Christ, he will restore your weary bones and he will give you strength. He will renew it, is the promise of Psalm 23. Now let's talk about it some more. What's the purpose? Last week we talked about the green pastures and the still waters. Why does the shepherd lead us there? Why does he take us to these places? Well, simply put, we get the answer in this verse. He leads us there to give us back the strength that we lost because of sin in our own lives and also because 
of the sinfulness of the broken world around us that saps our strength. He leads us to these places to restore to us something that was lost, the strength, the life, the vibrancy that we all lose because the wages of sin is death. So he leads us to these green pastures, which again is his life-saving word in Christ. He does this to renew our strength. Other translations say to restore our soul. Believe it or not, there was a time in my life um, where I was doing some, some long-distance running. I don't think I could pull off a mile now if I tried on a good day. <laughs> but there was a time where I was running, almost ten, uh, I was running 10 miles almost every day. Um, on the off days, I might have put like five or six in. Uh, but I was doing some real, real intense long-distance running, um, and I think I had as a goal um, to run a marathon until I hurt my knee, and I wasn't able to do that. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Endurance athletes, if you know, um, if they're not careful um, during these long stretches of, of running or cycling, whatever it might be, they can experience um, what it's called a funny word, but they can experience what is called a bonk. Um, other, other athletes call it hitting the wall. Bonking um, is technically called um, hypoglycemia. And it's basically what happens is when the body loses all of its stores of carbohydrates and it's just exhausted, consequently the muscles, the brain, everything just starts to shut down. It's, it begins to break down. So when you bonk as a runner, I know it sounds funny, but when you bonk as a runner or as a cyclist, you, what, what this is going to feel like is basically you start to lose your peripheral vision, you lose your sense of balance, and then you just collapse to the ground. You can barely move. And if you've ever seen this happen to a runner, um, that sometimes they're laboring because they're in a race. They're just pushing themselves along um, to get, uh, get along so that they can finish the race. Oftentimes the solution, it's, it's just as simple as eating some carbs. You know, you have a Snickers bar in your pocket, and you eat it, and you get your, your energy, you get your carbs up again. The body just needs some food. We might liken um, sometimes what we go through in life um, this to like an emotional bonk. An emotional, what we call out, maybe sometimes we call it a burnout or a bra- an emotional breakdown. Life just had its way with us. And we feel as if there is no more sunlight. Tomorrow is just isn't certain that it'll even arrive there's nothing left we have no more strength our life is sapped from us friends uh, we can note the first thing i think that i want to note this morning from this passage is that the shepherd king is very concerned with your emotional and spiritual health his purpose is to lead you to health to not leave you in a state of hitting the wall, of bonking, of emotional depression, of absolute breakdown. You see, friends, when our, sap, when our strength is sapped, God desires to lead us to a path of health again. And that path is the green pastures of verse 2. And we know from scriptures that the green pastures and the calm waters that can restore us to health are his promises, his word, what he's spoken to us, the truth and not the lies that we believe. His green pastures and calm waters restore us to life and give 
strength where there is weakness. Nothing else but God's word believed can adequately restore you to spiritual and emotional health. It alone can provide the answers to the solutions of your heart, of your purpose and worth. Now there are, of course, other aids. I know, please, I understand. Emotional health sometimes is, uh, is related to um, the amount of sleep you're getting, your diet, your exercise. We're body, soul, and spirit. We're not just soul. We're not just spirit. We're not just body. We're all three of these things. And sometimes we just need to get a good night's sleep. But friends, what I'm suggesting to you is that these things are inadequate to fully restore us to what is the drain of life. That alone, we turn to God's word to make us whole and happy. It's to the voice of the shepherd alone that we must turn for health and strength. Have you found it lately, perhaps, or maybe you've been this, at this place in your life where it's just difficult emotionally, spiritually speaking, to stand on your two proverbial feet? Life has just been so unkind to you that you've hit the wall. Well, friend, the shepherd king promises, promises to lead you to health, to restore your strength. So that we learn in Psalm 51, like David said, the bones that have been broken might be restored. And how else does he do this? Renew our strength. We can note, secondly, the good news of Jesus Christ is the restorative power of our strength. The good news, we call it the gospel. The grace, the undeserved favor found in the good news of Jesus Christ, that is, at the foot of a bloody cross and at the base of an empty tomb, that message is the power for your strength. That Jesus Christ died in our place for us is the message we need to hear to get our lives back, to get our strength back, to get our hope back. Because the gospel, the good news, announces to us that another person that has strength when we don't have it is willing to run in our place. That he renews my strength with his eternal supply. He ran, runs the race for us. He renews our strength. You know, the gospel, the good news of Christ, the death and resurrection of Christ, that Jesus died on the cross for our sin in our place, and he gives us his righteousness, his salvation, forgiveness, life. It demands, this, the gospel demands that we run not even a single inch of the race. He doesn't say, you run the first mile and I'll run the second. He runs the whole thing. He finds us laying down completely unable to move, and he says, okay, I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to carry you, and I'm going to run the race for you. God has given us poor and weak sinners strong legs, the strong legs of the shepherd king. You know, in hockey, if you've ever watched a little bit of hockey, the average player plays on the ice 
for 45 seconds at a time. They play for 45 seconds, then they get replaced by someone else, another hockey player. They call that changing the line in hockey. It's because, in the, the symbol, I heard a coach once say that the reason for it is imagine um, 45 seconds, um, you take 45 seconds to run as fast as you can, and you don't stop for 45 seconds. A, basically a sprint. That's what it's like for hockey players on the ice. It's basically them sprinting for 45 seconds. You only can keep that up for so long before you drop to the ground and you're useless to anyone else around you. So they have to constantly change the line and get replaced by other hockey players to put fresh legs on the ice. Oh, how often we're like this poor, tired hockey player. We just can't move. Nothing is left in us until the shepherd king carries us off and plays in our place. He shall restore me to strength because the good news of Jesus Christ says that he wins the battle for us. He brings me back to life by competing in an event that quite literally killed me. Oh, might we consider too that God's will, imagine this, God's will for you in Christ is not weakness. It's not lifelessness. It's not hopelessness. So if you feel like that this morning, if those feelings have been sort of following you around for quite some time, know this, in Christ, that is not his will for you. His will for you is strength. And one day, the reality of your situation will catch up to your heart. And you'll know deep within that you are strong and that you are safe and that you are loved and that you are cherished, not because you deserve it, but because the gospel, the undeserved favor, when everyone else rejected you, when even you rejected you, Jesus Christ runs the race for you and he says, I am now restoring you to life and giving you strength. He wills to renew your strength. He seeks us tired sheep, scattered every which way. He gives us life. He redeems us from the pit, from death. He saves us from our own feelings, our own sense of insecurity and worthlessness. He bids us to stop trying to earn his favor and to start trusting in the favor that was earned through his son, Jesus Christ. He stills the waters with his mighty works and word. Oh, friends, by grace, through faith, he speaks strength back into your lifeless body. Isn't that great news? The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He shall convert my soul and bring me forth in the right path for his name's sake. That's his strength. Might we also notice that oftentimes what saps our strength the most as Christians is we begin to again care about the world more than we care about the affection and love, purpose and will of God our creator. It is often the cares of this world that rob us of our strength. There, there's an author, a very famous author named Philip Keller, who is actually a shepherd, like a real life for real shepherd. 
um, that became later on in life an, a pastor of a church. And he explains, he actually explains what this verse means to him. It means something very specific. Um, he explains that at times sheep become so heavily fleeced, their wool becomes so heavy and so thick that they, they get tired out more easily. So they, they tend to want to rest more. So they'll find a nice cozy nook in the grass and, and, and just rest their legs in that nook. Well, sometimes, he says, it's kind of funny, but they can lose their center of gravity when they, when they go to lie down and they actually start to flip over and their legs start to flail and they can't get back up onto their feet. They're unable to turn around. So if this unlucky sheep is without a shepherd, they quite literally would die within a few hours. They would lose blood to the brain and they would end up dying under the weight of of their own flesh. It kills them. The only one that can restore them to life is the shepherd flipping them over, turning them. Oh, how often we're like these sheep, weighed down by our own thinking. It starts to grow. We start to imagine what he said or she said or this thing that could happen or that or what if I lose this or uh, I only can know that I'm loved or worthy if I end up in you know sort of sexual romantic situations and that's how I define my own personal worth and purpose oh and we start to get weighed down by all these cares and it's tragic and we sink further and further into death but the shepherd king says I will restore your soul. I will flip you over. He comes to our rescue. And you know, it's interesting that this term is an is a idiom in Hebrew, in the original Hebrew. It's another thing that we can know about the restoration of our strength. It actually means to, he brings us to repentance. Oh, that's a much different thing to say. I like restore my soul better than bring me to repentance. Let's, let's stay with that translation. I don't want to repent of anything. I just want to be happy and at ease. But friends, don't we realize that until we're looking straight face to face into the face of the good Messiah, that's the only place our rest can be found. See, we think that we, we can ignore the word and works and love of Jesus to go this way, and just have life turn out fine for us, it's not true. What we need is the presence of the king. We need to turn away from something. For the Hebrew, renewed strength equals repentance. It's one side of the coin versus the other. Repentance means turning away from one direction to another. Oh, how our strength is sapped so often because our ears aren't postured. We're not listening to the voice of the shepherd. We, we simply listen to every other voice but his. We end up weighed down with many sorrows and cares. We forget what, that we, we do not need to earn or merit his love. We start to try to merit it again until his marvelous, wonderful voice trumpets through like a trumpet blast, and it silences every single lie that we start to believe about him, about ourselves, about life, that somehow sin is better, or that my plan is better, or that I have a, I have a better plan for my life than Jesus Christ does. Oh, friends, you'll never know strength 
until you turn from your own agenda and begin to look into full into his wonderful face until your soul is turned upright until you're flipped back onto your feet. You know, some years ago I climbed Mount Adams in New Hampshire. Mount Adams is basically like the sister mountain of, of, of Mount Washington. It's just a little bit lower, so it's a pretty intense hike um, up Mount Adams. On the way down um, from our hike, it, it started to get dark. We weren't as fast as we thought we were. It starts to get dark, and without realizing it, we went off the trail. And after a little while, we realized, like, this is not a trail. We're, it's dark. We're not in the right place. What we had to do is we had to go back the way we came. In other words, we had to turn around. We had to repent. The word in Hebrew for repent means to turn. We had to turn around. If we wanted to arrive back at the base of that mountain, at that awesome pizza parlor that was waiting for us, a hot pepperoni pizza, if, we, if that was our end, if that was our objective, we had to repent. We had to turn around. Or we would have ended up deeper in the forest, more, more fully lost, and who knows what else what could have happened. Friends, the purpose of the word of God, the green pasture, the purpose of the life-giving waters is to convert your soul, to turn you away from what has been your death and destruction so that you can look full into the wonderful face of Jesus Christ so that your strength can be restored. The shepherd king, through the pasture and water of his word, converts us, turns us, provides for us the strength of life that, that life that we've always been after, but we've just sought in the wrong places. He grants us the conviction that life in the presence of the shepherd king is worth it. He renews my strength. It means that he gives us back the enjoyment of life in his presence. Oh, and what's the second purpose of this green pasture and still water? It's stated simply, so that he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Friends, the Christian is one who is led by the shepherd king down the right path so that they don't go the wrong way. His word leads us down the right path. So that if you're a Christian, whether you feel like it or not, you have to trust and know that whatever's happening to your life is leading you to life. You are on the right path. It might not have been the path that, you've cho- that you would have chose for yourself, but in Christ, by faith in Christ, you are on the right path. And everything that you think you need now, that you're being denied, God is going to give it to you, but fully in him on the other side. And we don't boast in the fact that we're on this path of life. We were not clever enough to find it because, friends, Christ is the one that led us there. He's the one that shows us, leads us, and keeps us on this path that is right. John chapter 6 says this clearly. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven to do, for I have come down from heaven to do my will, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I will lose not one of those who he has given me, but will raise them up on the last day. Friends, you are on the right path with Christ, and he will not lose you. 
and he has not lost you. Because he, you are with him through the valley of darkness, though it might be right now, but you are with him and he is bringing you to life. That is his pledge and promise because the blood of Christ was spilt in your place and you have a guide. You have someone carrying you, directing you, showing you exactly where you need to go, exactly where you need to be. He leads me to repentance and life in the way and it is he that keeps me on that way. How could I ever boast in myself for having any of this? No, we boast in Christ alone. If you believe and confess that all the gifts and possessions that you have in this life, we have only received, you've only have those things, friend, because of the free grace and kindness of God. And it's solely for his name's sake not because of your personal merit that any of this happens at all. So that to him goes the glory. Let me say this very simply. Life means glorying in Jesus, not glorying in me. Oh, we're much like sheep, aren't we? We wander off. Shiny objects distract us. Beautiful forms. Beautiful women. Handsome men. Piles of fame and fortune honor and prestige. Oh, they lure us away and they end up crushing us. We end up flipping over only to find the gentle hands of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Shepherd King, turn us back aright and put us on the right path to him. You know, some translations read here that, um, read here paths of righteousness and Martin Luther actually translated this phrase into German, Aufrechterstrasse, And in German, it's not referring to a street or path that is easy or even straight, but right. The one that leads to the life that we're all after. It's the right way. Jesus only is the right way to renewed life. Oh, friend, nothing is worse like like me on that path when when we suddenly realized it was dark and we were not going the right direction. Nothing is worse than to be unsure of where you are. In a strange place, you can't see. You're aiming to follow the directions, but you end up lost and uncertain. That's life. We think we know what we're doing, but we end up in darkness. We, at times, want to prove ourselves as um, athletes or we aim to improve ourselves as athletes, or we have some kind of goal to lose a certain amount of weight, and we wonder if we're we're doing it the right way. Is this the way that I can accomplish the goals that I'm after? And a good coach is going to tell you if you're doing it wrong, or he's going to assure you that you're doing it right and to hang in there. Oh, to be weak and to be hopeless and to wonder how is it I got into this place to begin with. To desire a satisfying life but realize that when it's up to us, we never really find it. And we, we find ourselves flipped upside down, lost in the woods at night. Friends, Jesus, the shepherd king, knows the way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Alfrechter Strasse, the right street, the right path. 
Oh, I hope that you get off the wrong one. That your soul is restored, that you turn from the wrong way to the right way. And know that Christ is the path, the right path that leads to life, to home, to love with the bridegroom, to completion with your creator God, to our eternal and forever home with our Savior Jesus Christ. You know that right in the next verse, we'll talk about this more next week, but the right path is a little scary. It talks about it as a shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The right path takes us through scary places, but it's still the way. Our Savior, Shepherd King, is still with us. He holds our hand, carries us, and he brings us to life on the other side, invigorates us, sustains us, leading us to our destination. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's not home. Friend, your darkness is not home. Christ is your home, and he leads you through it to the other side where God's love reigns supreme, where sin is no more, where death is no more, where Satan is no more. Let me close by just reading Isaiah chapter 53, just a few verses. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him, the Savior, and cause him to suffer, to cause him to be flipped over. And though the Lord makes his life an offering of sin, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. He will bear their iniquities. He will turn you upright and he will lead you down the right path to life. Isn't that great news? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, as we close the service, we ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. If there's anyone listening this morning that does not yet know Christ as Lord and Savior, Oh, friend, would you turn to him now? Would you find your strength in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? He dies all your deaths for you. He takes it on for you. And he pledges, when you trust in him, to, to turn you aright, to bring you to life, to guide you there, to hold you in his arms, promises you that no one will take you from his hand. 